Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm your host, Rebecca Kinnestrand. Do you consider yourself spiritual but non-religious? Agnostic. Or maybe you grew up in a church but don't believe what you were taught there anymore. This podcast exists in that space between all-in or all-out religion. Join us in asking questions that challenge the notions of Christianity. Welcome to Challenging Christianity. I'm Rebecca Kinnestrand, your host. Daniel Dadashi is my co-host. And we once again have Pastor Mike Anderson from Holy Spirit Lutheran Church as our guest. Today we're going to be talking about Jerusalem. Um, It seems to be a lot in the news, this city, um, one city on the planet. And why is it so controversial? What is it about this place on the planet that seems to stoke such passion? Um, And quite frankly... I don't know. I am. Re- this is a terribly. I have a little bit of knowledge, but it's a big blank spot for me. Mm-hmm. And I think it probably is for a lot of our listeners. It's, it's a. It's a city we hear about in the news a lot. We yeah. hear about when we hear Bible stories, and yes. then um, we know it's a, a holy city of of imp- importance to multiple religions. That this is a a, a city that is uh, kind of the center of a lot of this controversy in the Middle East. So. Yeah, and I don't. I have only a you know. You get what you get from the news and so on. But uh, what's the what's the basis of this? Where are we coming from? Where are we at? Where's this going? Can you fill us in a little bit, Pastor Mike? Well, I'll have to do a little history. Yes, of course. <laughs> <laughs> um, Thank you. So I don't. I'll I hate being so ignorant. It's yeah, awful. I'll take us back in time. Um, first of all, just to let the re- listeners know that I have been to Jerusalem three times and. Uh, have walked the city and met people there. Um, The old city of Jerusalem now has four quarters that are separated one from another. One is the the Christian quarter. Um, One is what's called the Armenian Christian quarter. Um, There is a Muslim quarter and a Jewish quarter. Um, But that's present day. So going way, way back in time, I'll take you back to the time of King David. Um, The listeners would have heard King David's name, of course. Um, but that's a thousand years um, before the Common Era, so it's way back in history. And at that time, the Jews did not control Jerusalem. It was not a city of um, Jewish background or Canaanite background. Actually, people who were Jebusites lived there. And King David was able to take over the city um, because he wanted it as a neutral place where all the tribes of Israel could find a kind of United Nations moment. Mm-hmm. Um, so he Switzerland. Had, yeah, he intended <laughs> to be um, a place that was not part of any tribe, kind of like Washington, D.C. was not part of any state. Jerusalem was meant to be that kind of place. Uh, in fact, the word means city of peace. Wow. Salem, Jerusalem, Shalom, city of peace. Wow, why do I not ever equate that to yeah. peace? So I mean, that is not something that comes <laughs> to my mind. Yeah, so it has been the center of controversy um, really ever since. Um, the Jews uh, controlled Jerusalem for many years, and they lost Jerusalem uh, to the Babylonians in the 500s BC. They came back and reestablished the temple there. Um, that was the um, second temple after the Babylonians had destroyed the first temple. By the time of King Herod and the time of Jesus, a new temple is built there uh, in Jerusalem, and the Jews now control the city, even though the Romans are giving oversight. So the, the temple in Jerusalem that Jesus would have seen 
was absolutely breathtakingly beautiful. It could be seen for many miles around. It was uh, white marble. It was wow. gilded with gold. It was, you know, four or five stories high. It was surrounded by a, a wall that um, made a platform. They actually leveled off a little mountain and made a huge platform um, with retaining walls to hold the platform together upon which the temple is built. The only thing left of the temple now um, is part of that retaining wall. It's called the Western Wall. It's, it's holy to Jewish people to this very right, day. Right, right. I've heard of the Western Wall. I'm not that stupid. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not that anybody's stupid. I'm but just people don't know what the Western Wall was. It uh -huh. was not part of the temple. The temple was completely destroyed in 70 AD by the Romans after the Jews had revolted. The Romans came in completely destroyed the city, made it a secular city, made the Jews leave the city, and the only thing left basically was part of that retaining wall, and that's where the Jews now go today after they reclaimed the city in 1967 in the Seven Day War. So they took back the city at that time I from see. Muslim leadership. Wow, 1967. Yeah. That is so recent. Yeah, that's very recent. Mm -hmm. So it's holy to the Jewish people, of course. Yes. Um, but it's also holy to um, people of Islam. Uh, Muslim people believe that Muhammad went there to that very same location and went to heaven on a magic ride. Oh, yes, um, right. And so it, there's a mosque there on the Temple Mount or the Noble Sanctuary, that platform that was built by Herod. There's a mosque there that where Jewish people will worship. The Hebrew people, the Jewish people, excuse me, then worship below the Temple Mount Noble Sanctuary platform area, right up against that Western Wall. The Western mm -hmm. Wall, yeah. And Christians worship about two blocks away mm -hmm. in a church that was built that supposedly was just over the site of Jesus' crucifixion and resurrection. Huh. So you've got um, right. Jewish people at the Western Wall worshiping. Mm -hmm. You've got Muslim people up on the the uh, Noble Sanctuary Temple Mount platform area where uh, the Dome of the Rock is and a mosque is, and you have Christians a couple blocks away worshiping um, at a place where they believe Jesus rose from the dead. So all three religions mm -hmm. come yeah. together right there right at this at holy, that. holy place, huh. and people vie for control of that location, and it's where the religions kind of converge together and fight against each other. What comes to mind is like, what is it about a place? You know, you think it's just, it's a place. It's, is that just too modern of my thinking to be like, it's just a spot on a rock in yeah. space. It's just a place. Yeah. Well, it's also a collision of theologies, mm. a collision of how you understand God. Mm. And um, it's, it's a place that is symbolic, of course. It's mm -hmm. not just the place. It's how Christians are different from Jews, Jews different from Muslims. And those differences um, seem to um, take precedence over the ability to build bridges or understanding or um, tolerance even of one another. Mm -hmm. um, and it's led more to conflict than it has to understanding over the years. Mm -hmm. Which is too bad, because it was yeah. originally meant to be a place of understanding, peace, yeah. a place of peace where different groups can come together. And, and, to, and to my mind, hearing about this, it really seems like it's, a, it's emblematic of all the things that these, th that these three or four of you, the Armenian, um, 
major religions have in common, that all of this holiness, all of this divine presence has come into this one Once. place in mm -hmm. all three of these mm -hmm. religious yeah, communities. Couldn't this, this place of peace really be coming more together more. It, it's, to me it seems like it's it obvious, illustrates right? the similarities much more than the, the small differences Danielle that's a profound insight <laughs> that's really good yeah. why can't this be a place to find common ground um, accept the differences and but also find some commonality and focus on that yeah. rather than the differences that's good. That's really, really good. <laughs> well, we've, we've well, solved, we solved world, peace. world peace, right? <laughs> we solved the conflict no. in the Middle East. Yeah. Okay, just well, it, be together, it, people. It, no, of course. <laughs> it, it really uh, speaks to um, the very root and center of how we understand our theology and our religion. Oftentimes, we create our religion as a way of uh, defining ourselves as different from others. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, and it's a very sociological I believe kind of issue. Blah, yeah, blah, blah. <laughs> yeah. Yes. and uh -huh. that, that's different from what you believe. Yes. And so the attitude is that my belief is correct and yours is wrong. Mm. And you, you push that back beyond just doctrine and beyond just belief. And all of a sudden you realize it's a way to put yourself together with people who are like yourself mm -hmm. versus people who are different from yourself in the fancy words, the other, people yeah. who are other from us. And it seems to be a sociological dynamic in human nature mm -hmm. that we tribe together, we mm -hmm. kind of yeah. create our yeah, own very tribe. Yeah, absolutely. And, and there's something I, I believe about the Christian message that I try to teach um, about Jesus is that Jesus is always breaking down those barriers that separate mm -hmm. us and define us. Um, Jesus is reaching out uh, in the miracles, for example, to people who were lepers, people who were women, who were Gentiles, who were Roman soldiers, who were children, who were even dead. All those being examples of people who were outside of the holy chosen community, the people that could go into the temple. And Jesus is always saying that they're the very ones who are acceptable. They're the ones that we love. So to me, at the core of Jesus' message is an attempt to, to deal with that tribalistic nature, that mm -hmm. sociological temptation to define oneself as over against someone who is different. And mm -hmm. why not instead look for the common connections with others rather than the differences? Just what you said, Danielle. Mm -hmm. And, and I, I believe that should be the core of all of our religions and could turn Jerusalem into a place of peace rather than a place place of great conflict, which it has been mm. for so long. <laughs> I'm thinking of a John Stewart interview, mm -hmm. and it was interesting. Uh, he said, um, civilization is the resistance to tribalism. Like, it's hard. Being in a civilized society is difficult because we, we naturally want to be tribal. And it, he didn't go into why or whatever, but He's like, the whole point of this, the whole point of all these conflicts and these, um, all the conversations that happen around, you know, hammering out differences, he's like, it is hard, but that's what creating a civil society is about and not trying to revert to tribalism, yeah. Yeah. which is a lot more easy, I guess. It's, easy? It's, it's almost part of that lizard brain. Yes. It, it, it uh -huh. takes over naturally in a way that, 
working together and finding compromise just doesn't. Oh, and that reminded me too, I've studied a little bit of um, behavioral therapy and part of um, getting rid of some phobias and things is called exposure therapy. And for example, say I'm afraid of spiders, well maybe there's a spider, you know, I get used to a picture of a spider first and then a small spider far away from me and it slowly comes closer. It's the same, yeah, I know. Danielle's like, not for me. A, sl- a spider slowly coming closer to me doesn't sound like a cure for being afraid of spiders, but well, continue. Yeah, the whole point is that you slowly expose yourself little by little to things. But my point was about exposure is that I think that the more that people are exposed to different things, different ideas, different people, differences from them, you get accustomed to them. Mm-hmm. You you grow used to them. And it's it, you stop having this irrational fear, this phobia mm-hmm. of them. And it's, you know, it's part of child behavioral therapy and adult behavioral therapy. It's it really reminds me of that, of just being like, let's open up and expose yourself, people. Yeah. On every one of my trips to Jerusalem, I have met with people who are of the three different faiths who have small ways of working together. Mm-hmm. There are examples of this happening, but it never gets covered by the news. It's not as, as um, dramatic as, as yeah. violence. Mm-hmm. Um, there are peaceful, kind moments between Muslims, Jews, and Christians happen all the time. Oh, of, co- yeah. of course, all they the have time. to. They're living and, on top of each other. And right? that's where I think God dwells, is in yes. the midst of that. Mm-hmm. Um, not in the mix, midst of the, of the tribalism and the, the, the name-calling and the um, separation and the exclusion that we tend to practice. And the politics. Well, yeah. the politics work it out, yes, mm-hmm. absolutely. It, it works it out. And, you know, we're all, like you said earlier, Danielle, our lizard brain, we all have it in us, you know, whether you're conservative, liberal, middle of the road. There are moments when we roll our eyes mm-hmm. at people who think differently from ourselves. Mm-hmm. And we think, oh, if How? only they could, you know. Mm-hmm. And the world that, would be perfect. That very <laughs> attitude is, you know, betrays a sense of, you know, exclusivity, even, you know, when you claim to be open. So um, it's something that we all have in us and yeah. all need to work on. Yeah. Great. Well, what do you think, listeners? Uh, give us your thoughts on what we've talked about today. Challenging Christianity podcast at gmail.com. All right. <laughs> Thanks a lot. Sorry, I have a bit of a head cold today. I'm going to get over it, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Mm-hmm.